0: You're listening to Focus on the Bible. I went out to the local fair last night. Had a lot of fun seeing the sights and hearing the sounds. Those boiled peanuts sure did taste good. I didn't pay the extra dollar to see the world's smallest woman, but I had a lot of fun at that fair. The most fun I had was just talking to the folks. I sure enjoyed talking to the common people, the country folks. It's a great country that we live in and so many things that we all have in common. The most interesting conversations I had, though, were about God, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I talked to a lot of people about what they're trusting in to go to heaven, and I want to tell you that it's still true. When you talk about God and heaven, you'll find out that a lot of people have a lot of different ideas They can't be all right because they don't all agree with the Bible, but the Bible tells us the way that we can have everlasting life. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about three views about what happens since the fact is that we've all sinned. So if we all sinned, we're all separated from God. How do we get that taken care of? So that we can end up reaching God and having everlasting life in heaven. What will take care of our sin? Here's view number one. Some people say, well, nobody needs to do anything. Just let God take care of that. It's almost as though people might expect that Jesus will just lean out of heaven and say, okay, all you people, I forgive you. Could it be that simple? Could Jesus just say, I'll just ignore your sin. It's okay. After all, don't we know that God so loved the whole world? If God loves us all, won't He just ignore our sin? Isn't the Bible clear that God is love? So just forget about it, God. Wouldn't that be a correct view? No, that's not a correct view at all. The Bible never says a thing about God ignoring our sin. You see, there's multiple facets to understanding the personality of God. And one certainly is that God is love. He is love. It's His very nature to love us. But parents loved us too, didn't they? But there was a time they needed to scold us or discipline us, take some privilege away, and maybe even give a spanking from time to time. They still loved us, but they needed to do something besides love and cuddles and god is the same way the god who loves us is also a god who has promised that he is the judge he's the judge of all flesh the bible says the bible also says he's the god he's the judge of the living and the dead so god is a judge so when someone brings the view that nobody needs to do anything to take take care of their sin that Jesus will just forgive everybody no matter what, then we have some real problems with that who focus on the Bible. We don't even like crooked courts, do we? This happens all the time that we hear in the news, Some, probably some politician's son or someone has done a crime and everyone in the world pretty much knows there's guilt involved here, but a judge throws it out of court or there's a a mistrial or something happens and the guilty never comes to justice. And we know it, everyone knows, and none of us likes that, do we? We like for judges to be people of integrity, yeah, who have a job to do and we expect them to do that job. We don't like crooked courts. Could you imagine the disrespect that would be aimed towards God who said he was the judge of all flesh, who said he would deal with the problem of our sin if he just ignored it? That is just never going to happen. Another reason that we can't accept the view that Jesus is just going to lean out of heaven and say, I forgive all you people, is because God gave his word as judge from the very beginning, and he never changed his mind. In Genesis 2, verse 17, God said, In the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Referring to that tree of the forbidden fruit, God gave his word. There's going to be a death penalty for our sin. So that death penalty must be paid somehow. Jesus is not going to forgive anyone apart from the basis that a death penalty got paid. In the Bible, sin is always associated with some kind of death. And the idea that Jesus will lean out of heaven apart from a death penalty paid for sin and just forgive everyone is just an interesting thought, but has no Bible support at all. Here's a number two view. This is a very popular view. It says this, well, everybody pays their own way. Everybody's a sinner, so just let everybody pay their own way. Well, here's the problem with this view. Usually when we say everybody pays for their own sin, what we're talking about is church, going to church, having church membership maybe, at least church attendance. And the idea is that you go to church to sort of pay the price for your sin. Also among people who think this view that we all just kind of pay our own way for sin, they would probably expect that money in an offering plate would at least help to pay for sin. And usually it involves making promises to God, sort of cut a deal with God, sort of like in a flea market way, haggle with God over sin. Something like this, well, God, I know I sinned, but uh, if you'll just forgive me of this sin, I promise you that, well, I won't do it anymore. Have you ever made that kind of deal with God? I'm going to guess that if you made that kind of deal with God, you probably went and did that sin again, probably even multiple times, because that's the way human nature works. And usually people who think that we sort of pay our own way for our own sin, they have in mind probably good works. You can do enough good works, that'll pay for your sin. If you could really do enough good works, maybe you could pay them all off, or at least your good works would be enough to satisfy God that you did enough. And especially if he grades on a curve, you maybe, maybe get your way into heaven that way. But the problem with this view is it ignores what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I want to emphasize the last part of that verse right now. God says it's not of works, not of works. And that's really not a hard phrase to understand, is it? It's not of works. Why? Because God won't allow boasting in heaven. No one in heaven is ever going to make a boast that they paid their own way. They paid off their own sin by doing good works that God accepted as a penalty for sin. Remember in number one, we talked about this. The only right penalty for sin is a death penalty and not a good works penalty. Likewise, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 says, "...not by works of righteousness which we have done," But according to His mercy, He saved us. Let's emphasize the first part of that verse. He says, not by our own righteousness. It's not by works that we've done. It's not by righteous deeds that we've done. That's the wrong payment. If we all could pay for our own sin, then that payment that we must pay would be a death penalty. Now here's the problem we throw the word death around a lot and it can mean different things to different people but when the bible talks about death the bible means separation separation death never means stoppage it doesn't mean to cease to exist death means separation So when God told Adam, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. What he meant was, in the day that you eat thereof, you're going to get separated from me in a spiritual way. Now, we know that we're all going to die. That means that physically, our physical body gets separated from the eternal part of us. Yeah. And when God said the penalty for sin is death, he really meant the penalty for sin is death. It's not good works. And it's not our own righteous deeds. Well, here's a third view. The third view says God pays for sin. Okay, the first, let's review. The first view is nobody needs to pay for sin. Just let God ignore it. He won't do that. The second view says that each person pays their own way. We reject that view because, again, that's not what the Bible teaches. And we don't have anything that we can pay except death. And if we die with sin, then we spend eternity separated from God because of our sin. We can't pay our own price. God must pay for sin. If it's ever going to be paid and that payment will be accepted by God, the judge of all flesh, then God has to do it himself. Do you remember way back in the beginning of the Bible, the story about Abraham and Isaac? Abraham took his son Isaac to that altar, that son that seemed to take forever to be born. God had promised Abraham that son, but God didn't move fast enough to satisfy Abraham. He was so frustrated that he just couldn't get that promised son, but then finally he did. And then of all things that could happen in that story, God one day asked Abraham, to sacrifice that son. And in an amazing story, Abraham loved God so much and believed so much in God's truth, he went to do that very unthinkable thing. And so he built the altar and he had the fire there and his servants were watching on from a long way off. And Isaac, that son, looked at his father and asked one question, Dad, we got the fire, we got the altar, but where's the lamb for a sacrifice? And Abraham in that moment spoke prophetically to his son and just nailed the issue. Here's what he said. God will provide himself a lamb. Hebrew scholars tell us that that is exactly a play on word. That there's a double meaning here. Yes, on that day, God is going to provide a ram caught in the thicket there. And that ram will become the sacrifice for that sin that needs to be offered. But God was also telling us through Abraham, literally the pun here, God will provide himself a lamb. And one day he did. Hebrews chapter 9 is a place I want to focus on the Bible for a moment. And this will conclude this talk about these three ideas about how our sin could be taken care of. God had to take care of our sin because He's not going to ignore it, and we can't pay it ourselves because we don't have a payment that we could pay that would be accepted by God. But in the book of Hebrews, the Lord sums it up here in this great verse in Hebrews chapter 9. If you'll look with me, verse number 26, He says halfway through the verse, but now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You remember Genesis 22, verse 7 and 8 God will provide himself a lamb. Well, here it is again, way in the back of the Bible, Hebrews, practically the very same words. That Jesus Christ has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's what the cross was for where Jesus, what? Where he died. What's the penalty for our sin? It's not good works. It's not righteous deeds. It's not making promises to God to try harder or do better or pay enough money. No, no. The penalty we all owe is a death penalty, and that's just exactly the penalty Jesus paid at Calvary. Verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And so there must be a judgment for our sin. God won't forget about it. He won't ignore it. It must be paid or he's not a fit judge. But the judgment that is to come to all of us was transferred when Jesus came for us. He died on the cross to pay our sin that we wouldn't need to pay our sin by any means. And now we could rest our faith in the only Lamb of God who ever paid for sin and we could have everlasting life. It's the greatest news in the whole wide world, friend. If you've never believed in Jesus, but you understand that's the need of your life right now, won't you, wherever you are, put your faith in Him, it means to trust Him, to rely on Him. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can mail us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, www.freddycoil.org. That's F-R-E-D-D i e c o i l e . o r g this is focus on the bible